Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This podcast is partnered with Downcast Apparel, tattoo-inspired, eco-friendly clothing. They have a sale on right now and you can get pieces from as little as one pound. I actually own some Downcast Apparel clothing myself, uh, as well as some badges, and I just can't recommend them enough. You can find them on Instagram at Downcast Apparel or on their website, www.downcastapparel.com. Hello and welcome to the Tourette's podcast. I'm Tara and I may or may not have Tourette's. In September 2020, I developed vocal and motor tics after an emotional trigger. So now I'm undergoing referrals to see what is happening in my brain. Each episode, I'll be speaking to a guest as we discuss mental health, Tourette's and everything in between. Warning, this will most likely contain swearing and discussions about sensitive topics. I'm going to start drinking now, so I feel yes. better. Cheers. What, what time did you say it was there for you? Was it four? Oh, yeah. Yes, cheers. It's 10 p.m. here, so although it is past, yeah. it's past midday, so you're all right. You're all right. Definitely had, right. definitely had uh, days where I've been, like, literally one minute past 12, and I'm like, let's go. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, Cool. So I don't know if you have uh, cheers. By the way, sorry, cheers. Um, I don't know if you've listened to any of the other podcasts or whatever. Um, but there's normally just a couple of things I say before we get into it. Ah, <gasps> oh, the doggy Lyra. <laughs> um, <laughs> the dog, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's a couple of things I just say just to kind of. I think I said this to you anyway, but um, just to get it out of the way. Um, that if I ask you a question and you don't want to answer it, just say no, thank you. We move on. Um, if there is anything that you say that you don't want in it. Like if you say if you say something, you're like, oh shit, I shouldn't have said that. Let me know. I take it out. Um, and the same goes for like you know, in a couple of days or whatever. If you like, actually, I don't want that to be in there, then I'll um take it out. Obviously, so don't worry. Like don't I don't want it to be um I want it to be like as comfortable as possible. And like you're saying what you want to say and you know things like that. Yeah. yeah. That um, makes sense. Cool. So uh, how I start them off normally is uh, by saying. Uh, who you are, um, and what you do, and your and how we know each other. So. Oh, you want me to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, who are oh, you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who are you? What do you do, and how do we know each other? So. Okay. Uh, so I'm. Are you recording it? Are you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So uh, I'm Tiffany. Um, I don't know if you say last names around Tiffany Low, and. I'm a writer, and I've also been getting into yoga, so I'm going to be a yoga therapist eventually, but right now I'm just 200-hour uh, certified, but um, so yeah, and then we know each other from from back in the day, so mm-hmm. we met each other because of uh, a bunch of girls that got together that wanted to spread love, and we all loved uh, the same woman who inspired us to spread love, yeah. so we're called the Glitzers. Yeah. yeah, that was like eight years ago. I was talking to uh, Sierra last night. And it was yeah. it's just crazy where we're just sitting there just being like, it has been like eight years, like, or seven at, years. At least, seven, yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, 
yeah, it's crazy because it's been ten since Darren uh, was on started on Glee. Yeah. So and then you know, so it's crazy. It's yeah. been a long time. Mental, mental. Yeah. Um. So obviously the podcast is about mental health and stuff. Um. If you uh, so I'm gonna act like I don't know you. Um, and just kind of say, you know, um, I what kind of things, uh, what sort of uh, mental health problems do you struggle with? If they are problems, like um, have you a lot of things that I've been talking about with uh, some other people is like mi- misdiagnosis, um, thinking that you have one thing and then you know being told completely different or whatever. Um, yeah, just like talking about your experience and stuff. Um, go to, as deep and as surface as you want like you know yeah um oh gosh where to begin um, (laughs) i uh uh, i've been struggling with uh with mental health stuff since i was a kid because i have trauma since child like childhood so since early childhood so that was something that i feel like has affected my life uh my entire life until now and i'm 35 now I know I look not like 35, but, um, (laughs) so 35 now, and, uh, I, I've been struggling with stuff since I was uh, a kid, so, um, I remember when I was, like, 11 to 13 or so, they diagnosed me with, uh, ADD, which they have now realized, like, they don't use ADD anymore, they only use ADHD, so, it's kind of outdated, but I, I got put on Ritalin, which I hated, and I had to leave to go to the nurse every day to, like, at school to take my Ritalin, and that was around the, the age that I first tried to OD, so I tried to OD on my Ritalin, and so, I mean, I've, I've been struggling with stuff forever, so I don't think that they diagnosed me with depression until I was about... 16, my parents found out about a lot of stuff that happened to me, some, um, some, per- some stuff that happened to me in my childhood, um, and they made me go to a therapist, and I got put on, you know, meds, and I've taken every, um, every SSRI and SNRI, like every antidepressant and anti-anxiety med that you could possibly take, and at the time, we never knew why either, they didn't help, some made me suicidal, like over the a long span of time, 15 years time. And uh, so maybe suicidal, some just didn't help. And some made me um, feel better, but we didn't realize until later that they were making me manic. So I didn't get diagnosed as bipolar until a year ago mm-hmm. uh, when I was 34. So mm-hmm. um, 2019 I... was one of the worst years of my life. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, I got diagnosed with general generalized anxiety disorder when I was 25 after I went started going back to school um a psychology professor would make us write diary entries to her and she would like they were like little journal stuff and she would kind of give us like a note back and um she wrote uh, you know I think that you should see someone for you know please for me kind of see someone I think that you have GAD. I think that you have generalized anxiety disorder, but I can't diagnose you because I'm your teacher, you know, and I went and I did, I do have anxiety. Anxiety is one of my hardest things that I deal with, but the one thing that I haven't mentioned yet that I have, other than, you know, my trauma and some like complex PTSD, I have lots of stuff. We can, my my plethora of things, my hardest thing that I deal with other than my anxiety is I have, I'm borderline. So I have BPD and that is the absolute, that's what I I just made a, a post yesterday 
uh, BPD is my bitch that, like, I can't ever get rid of, but, like, <laughs> I can't, like, um, a lot of things I think have gotten easier over time only because, oh, I definitely go through hard times. Like, last 2019, I had a, a complete mental breakdown, and, um, it was what kind of forced me to look at a lot of my choices that I was making and a lot of uh, trauma responses that I had, a lot of coping mechanisms that I had. Um, I think that as much as I was telling myself that I wasn't, I was kind of leaning on my mental illnesses and saying like, if you don't accept them, then you don't accept me and you don't accept mental illness. And uh, I was doing it in a really unhealthy way, but I, I don't, regret anything that I've done or any way that I've acted over the last 35 years it's what I needed in the time it's what I it's how I needed to react and it's how it was my safety it was the only way I felt safe you know and I also think it's like things like that as well though I mean when you suffer with mental health like yeah it's not an excuse to be an asshole to everybody it can be (laughs) one of the reasons um no I know I don't know anyone that suffers with mental health so like one of my best friends Hattie has borderline as well and um you know she is a lovely lovely person obviously same as you same as like everyone with mental health disabilities they don't mean to do it but do you know what I mean like it, it same with me like, I know for a fact that I've treated people badly but it's kind of that growing process to work out like it's such a hard thing that I think that you'll you'll come to terms with it but no one ever really fully understand it and it's always constantly changing. You've got to uh, learn oh, to yeah. adapt and grow, and um, kind of recognize. I think, the, yeah, yeah, recognize that you're kind of being like, right, I'm doing, I'm using my mental health in a, in a negative way. Like you know, you know, when you get manic or whatever, and so I get a bit like that yeah. as well. Like suddenly I'm just oh. like, I'm gonna go and buy yeah. loads of stuff. I need to go out. I don't want to be alone. And then suddenly I'm just like, you know, it's just so up and down or whatever. But um, I wanted yeah. to say actually, when you was like saying when you you know you you were a bit manic and stuff, um, so obviously we're friends on Facebook, so I think I don't mean this to come out in like any horrible way or any like you know I'm not you know I'm just saying I think you can kind of definitely tell when I think mm-hmm. personally, I think I can tell when you kind of are going a bit up and down, you know, um, yeah, is it is it that you're uh, intention to try and be as open as possible to kind of because ed- it is educational in a way do you know what I mean to kind of go and I think it's very brave as well to go I'm feeling this right now and I am saying it to you you know it's quite liberating and I think that it's, it, it's a very brave thing to do but I don't, I don't know whether that's your intention or if you're just doing it because you need to do it you know yeah, uh, I think it's a little bit of both, because um, sometimes I regret the things that I say in the moment, because that's, I try to filter a little bit, um, because, and it probably doesn't come out that way, people don't realize it, but um, because of the borderline and the black and white thinking, sometimes I'm not even the same person from one moment to the next, so I'll say something and I'll delete it, um, but a lot of times when it's something really big, I do share a lot of my life, and it's really like, I'm an acquired taste I think like it's like uh people either love it or they hate it like uh and I I realized over a time I I don't take it personal anymore when people don't like it a lot of times they see either themselves in me or they see something unresolved in themselves and I've had people later tell me that I've had friends come out and tell me later I won't say any names especially since this is a podcast but I've had friends come with 
to me later and say, um, the reason I treated you the way that I did and I cut you out or whatever is because I was envious of the way that you're so open and the way that you're so genuine. And I can't, you know, be open about those things about myself. And I think that you're so brave. And, and then I realized like, wow, like it, that's what made me think like it's, um, you know, reanalyze it whenever things happen. And for a lot of reasons, like to, to go into this, like a segue, um, over the last year, um, this whole pandemic kind of helped me out in a way to like slow down. And I did my, um, what I try to tell people and, and if people don't agree with this, it's fine. And if they're not ready for it, I totally understand that too. But to me, uh, our trauma is not our fault, but it is our responsibility to heal from it. And it sucks. And I, I hate it. And I didn't want to for the longest time. Cause I thought, why should I have to, to heal myself whenever it wasn't my fault? Yeah. You know, like all the things that happened to me are not my fault. I have a lot of sexual trauma in my past and I'm like, it's not fair that I have to heal from that, you know? But I think eventually I got to the point where I'm like, I deserve it. You know, I deserve to be my happiest and I deserve to heal. And, um, I spent, it, it is hard work is what I tell people. It's, it's the hardest thing I, you know, one of the hardest things I've had to go through because I felt so much self-hatred looking at all of the things that I've done and all of the things that have happened to me and, you know, having to evaluate that and, and look at it. I think that's what's so hard for people. You want to bury it. I yeah. wanted to bury it, you know, and, um, and then also looking at the, the way that my trauma responses made me treat other people. Yeah, I was and again, it, it's not, I, I, again, like you said, it's not our fault. No. So, so uh, the hardest part though, is that the hatred of yourself and thinking, I can't believe I hurt these people because I was hurting. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's, it's okay though. You have to like accept it and, and then go, I did it because I needed to in the time and it's not, you know, okay. But like, mm-hmm. it's not your fault. Yeah, it's you not know? like the worst so, um, thing. Like, I think, I think that's the thing. I mean, I, I think, definitely in my experience as well as I've never gone round with the uh, sole intention of hurting anybody you know I've never got into relationships with people that I didn't genuinely want to be in a relationship with at that time or you know just things change mental health changes and stuff and I think it's very like you know I think it's correct that you say you know like it is our responsibility to heal from it and that can be just as hard but not just as hard but on the same length like on the same uh, page as the actual trauma because it you're yeah. having to you're having to re- you're reliving it, it and you have to um not only think about and analyze what happened to you you also have to analyze the way that you treat people after and your personality and how do you know what I mean like obviously mental health isn't a personality trait but you make decisions affects, based off yeah. you know and I think yeah I yeah, just think it's sure. very interesting because I've I don't think we've actually had that perspective yet on here to kind of be like, you know, I take responsibility for this, this and this, because I think it's a hard thing to do. And I think that even though people, I mean, I think I've done that now, but I definitely haven't. Like I'm 27. Do you know what I mean? I've still got a long way to go. I've still got a lot, you know. And it's funny because I had thoughts that I had too. I, I, I had come a long way. I mean, you grow and, and you come a long way, but I had told people, you know, it was a conscious effort every day for me to not let, you know, my brain tell me a different narrative of the things that were actually happening. Mm-hmm. And um, that was really hard, but I still was, even though I was saying that I, I, I wasn't, it's because it's so hard. Like you can't, 
with BPD, BPD, you can't even trust your own thoughts and feelings sometimes. But yeah. I think eventually you have to kind of trust that you're, you are more powerful than your mental illness is what I tell people. And like, as, as much as it's not going to feel, always feel like it, but that's what you have to keep telling yourself. I think, um, positive self-talk is so important. Telling yourself that you're enough and that you're, you know, you are more powerful than these things that happen to you or your mental illnesses. Mm -hmm. And you are capable of, you know, being stronger yeah. than the, than yeah. it and I, it's not gonna always feel like it yeah and I think as well it's like especially for me it took me such a long time because of listening to you know the trauma in the past listening to all of that and believing all of that and then kind of being like having to you basically have to rewire your brain and your thinking yeah. process and the, the way you look at the whole world you know you have to look at yeah. that from a completely different mindset you can't look at it like you did when you it's were different. in the pits of despair do you know what I mean you have to yeah. kind of uh, and, reevaluate everything like right and it's it's possible though that that's the, the thing that you get stuck in thinking I'm broken now you yeah. know now I'm unfixable and I can never feel the way I did before I can never be who I was before I can never be that innocent little girl before I ever got hurt you know right. but it has actually scientifically they say that the brain is able to make those connections again and you know you have you seen those side by sides a depressed brain and, and a normal brain or whatever yeah, you know yeah, normal yeah. whatever we're all you know yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, you're able to get that back but the other thing is what I kind of wanted to say from earlier is that what I've realized in this work that's very hard is I've also realized that everyone has trauma everyone has things like everyone and and you might not even think that you do but but you do like I've read you know there's some some books and some things that I've read where they say scientifically trauma can even start in the womb and trauma is held in our body and so that's why I got into to yoga to heal my trauma and it changed my life but um I definitely I, I veer from going oh do yoga and you'll feel better because it's not just doing some poses and being like oh my life has changed you know like it's not like Ooh, I feel better now it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a whole mental change but mm -hmm. it's it's what worked for me, yeah. you know, uh, I think something different is going to work for everyone, but it's possible to rewire your brain, um, mm -hmm. but also just know everyone has trauma and everyone um, needs to do their healing work, you know, and, yeah. and it's worth it is what I keep thinking. Yeah. It? So the, the thing for me is whenever people treat you a certain way or people hurt you, or even I, I just see things worded in a way that I don't really like because, um, and, and this could be controversial too. I don't think anyone is necessarily uh, a monster or even whenever it comes to, to narcissistic people who are going to, you know, you probably shouldn't deal with them until they do their own healing work. But the way that I look at them is that they just haven't done their healing work and they're not a bad person. They just necessarily, they obviously have some trauma and they have some things mm -hmm. that they haven't healed. Yeah. So yeah, don't let it's not okay for them to hurt you, mm -hmm. but, uh, and yeah, like get out of those relationships if you're in it. So mm -hmm. I'm not saying stay in that, yeah. but, um, yeah, I, I think it helped me so much to, to think that everyone has trauma. And then whenever I look at people that hurt people, or if somebody says something to me and they don't get it and they don't get me, then I realize I'm okay with that. Like you haven't done your healing work and you have your trauma and mm -hmm. I, I don't see you as it's not anything to do with me, you know? 
yeah yeah definitely I, d- I do think as well you know with the whole like healing things like so like you said like yoga works for you because you've done it as well you said like as you said more than just like a couple of poses because I tried yoga once didn't like it not for me um I think it just wasn't maybe not saying that I would never try it again but I think in that moment I was just like I feel too self-conscious I feel too awkward yeah. um no I, totally I, I can't think, really uh, switch off my brain so I was just like I'm just not gonna do it so now I got a bike and I ride my bike and that for me is yeah. like another form of that you know and I think it's good yeah. to um to you know tell people like you're not gonna be fixed overnight and the first thing you try to try and heal yourself isn't always going to work and it's okay right. to try five different things 10 different things 20 million different things like if, yeah, if, if right. that you know try and just keep doing it because that you know 19th thing you've decided to do might actually help and you know yeah but yeah um, I think uh, for me, I tried yoga several times and I wanted to love it and didn't because I went to classes that they focus on the poses and Western culture really focuses on the poses and it, that's not, there's like an eight limb path. I won't go into yoga, at all, but <laughs> there's like, a, there, it's not even the most important part. It's not even my favorite part. It's probably my least favorite part mm-hmm. um, of yoga. So um Another thing is I'm going to be doing trauma-informed yoga, and and that, uh, for me, if anybody has ever done yoga and you've gone to a class, and the thing that freaks me out the most is that I hated that they touch you um, because I've got my trauma. So um, a lot of uh, yoga, for the longest time, they did their hands-on assists, and they wouldn't even ask for consent, and that's a big thing that the yoga community is working on now is, for one, asking for consent. Yeah. And um, a big thing that my mentor is working on in California, where they are, is um, opting in instead of making someone opt out, which uh, can yeah. kind of make you feel uncomfortable Definitely. because it's like, uh, if you, uh, you know, do you want me to touch you or not? And then that makes you feel like, oh, I have to tell have you to what not yes. to do. Yeah. 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 Instead, she made like cue cards where they can like flip it over and opt in. But yeah. I think that's a really important thing in all aspects of anything, any mm-hmm. kind of thing where you need to do hands-on or if you're working with people I think it's a big thing adding in consent to all things and make having people opt in instead you know I think trauma informed goes for not just yoga but like so many different things so I tell people if you work with human beings you work with trauma because I was already saying people have everyone has trauma so you need to be trauma informed I feel like it go into everything as if someone has just been traumatized you know yeah yeah I think that's it's it's good though because people should have boundaries in everything not just you know I used to get it when I used to work at a bar like you to manage bars doing it for such a long time and uh, people would just touch me as I walked past them like to get mm-hmm. when I was like getting to the bar or whatever they would literally just put their hand on my hip and I'm just like yeah don't fucking touch me like there's no need I don't go around grabbing your fucking balls don't you know, like, I mean obviously it's not the same it's not the same as like grabbing yeah. a hip but it's still it yeah. feels the not, same not to, not to call out men but they're the ones that do it yeah but like- <laughs> yeah, yeah I've never I've never there was one time I won't mention names again because I'm still friends with this person but there was one time when um, there was a girl that was drunk at a bar and she was like oh I, I really I want to kiss you and blah blah and I was like you're too drunk no sorry like come back to me like whatever and she was like that just makes me want to kiss you more and I'm like again still kind of you're you know you're drunk so no and then like the next day yeah. it's just kind of like oh but then I kind of think 
I've been in situations, I've worked with people before, like guys, like sleeping, okay, yeah, I'm all men, um, <laughs> you know, they're like, you know, they, they're kind of like, a girl would do that, and they'd be like, oh, yeah, like, I'm gonna clock off early, let's go, like, you know, and it's just like, yeah. I don't know, I think, yeah, just boundaries and everything that you should do. Um, I did yeah. want to ask, don't, actually. Don't ever, don't ever touch people without, without consent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I mean, it is a thing, like, in, in public places, and in bars, yeah. and I guess girls do, whenever they get drunk, they want to make out with you, you know, like, <laughs> And that's like, okay, like, as long as like, I don't know, there needs to be some boundaries, like you said, like, yeah. I, I have, uh, you know, made out with some of my drunk friends, but like, I think it was more, I knew that it was not just because they were drunk. Yeah, but that's the thing, and it was also, I, I mean, I was, I was obviously working, and I was sober, do you know what I mean, like, and that was yeah. the thing, it was just like, I could have, like, I could have so easily have taken advantage, and that not that I thought that, but like, you know what I mean? It didn't even cross my mind. Didn't even, I, I was just like, no, like immediately. Like, you know, it, it just, because that's just normal human decency. Um, but anyway, we're diverting. Right, yeah, no, we're going but... into like feminism topics now. <laughs> um, I did want to ask actually. No, but, but you're so, you're so right. If, if, um, that definitely needs to be a boundary for, um, for all of us personally. Yeah. And I think that that's a really good, way to think about it um because then you just leave that as like a, a baseline yeah. like you are drunk get back to me um <laughs> yeah when you're not definitely call me <laughs> call me later definitely when you're yeah. sobered up <laughs> yeah, you still you still want to make it up tomorrow <laughs> yeah. <maybe>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely um I did want to ask actually about the uh so you you do you're doing trauma informed yoga mm-hmm. yeah um and you mentioned like the cue cards you have is that part of it yeah I was just wondering um so for me actually you can ask a question but with trauma-informed you never do hands-on assists okay I was was um, basically gonna ask like what what measures are in place for that because there might be people listening that want to try yoga or want to go to a class and want to be around other people like-minded that also enjoy mm -hmm. yoga but are again worried that people might be touching them I hate people touching me so I don't yeah. think I would go, you know, to a class where I think that someone's going to be putting all their dirty hands all over me. Oof, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like, um, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> get up. Uh, so yeah, what, what, so obviously, yeah, trauma-informed yoga is um, putting measures in place to ensure that everyone's basically extra comfy, right? Right. Um, so yeah, uh, with trauma-informed yoga, one of the, it's very, very new. I only have a few, I have one teacher that I feel like she's one of very few that are implementing this. So they're kind of making the rules now the last eight or 10 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really, really new. Um, but basically one of the things, um, that, um, I don't know, one of the rules uh, is uh, there, there's no no hands-on assist. So it's more verbal and it's more like, I'm sure if someone really needed it or if they asked, like asked specifically, I would rather you show me, yeah. then it would probably be okay because that 100% came from them and it's 100% um, their mm-hmm. consent. Yeah. But um, most of the time there won't be. Yeah. But I, I think for me, especially if I want to start, because I can't start at the top, I'm, I'm 
just finishing 200 hour, then I have to do a 300 hour, uh, which makes the 500, you put it together, it's 500 hour. And then I do on top of that, uh, yoga therapy training, which is like 825 oh, wow. hours. So this is going to be three years from now. Um, but I am doing, uh, trauma informed training already, which is just like a, you can do anywhere from 20 to 40 hour. And, um, it's just an added credit. But anyway, the point is if I do my own just yoga classes, I think they will be trauma informed and I might think of the, the cue cards, but for me personally, it's, it's weird. Uh, cause I, I don't, I, I think I'm, I'm one of a, a lone wolf here in the yoga community is, is I don't want to touch other people either mm-hmm. because I have trauma. So I don't want to touch them. Like that makes me uncomfortable and I'm not going to do anything just like I'm not going to teach a pose that I isn't in my practice, mm-hmm. or I'm not going to teach a breathing or meditation technique. That's not in my own practice that I don't understand. Yeah. I'm not going, I don't want to touch people yeah. if it, I'm not comfortable with yeah. it. So I don't think that that's going to be in my practice, but if it was, I would do the cue card, the, the cards. And it's kind of like, have you ever been, I don't know if they have them there. Have you ever been to like a Brazilian steakhouse? No. Oh, wow. It's, it's a, a Brazilian steakhouse. It's like, I know it's they've like got a these, steakhouse, like a cafe, like a they, restaurant. Yeah. And it's like, it's great. Like some people might know if they're okay, listening yeah, to this, but like they've got these cards that's like green on one side, red on the other. And, um, as soon as you, if you eat meat and it's funny, cause this is how I, it's not funny. It's a whole other story, but like <laughs> how I became not vegetarian anymore because I went to a a Brazilian steakhouse while I was with my ex-husband and um and I decided to eat me while I was there but um he basically was like if you're ever gonna cheat on your vegetarian diet you should do it now anyway (laughs) terrible influence if you're listening Gray so (laughs) basically you flip it over to green and then like what we call the meat parade comes by and they just like give you all the meat and then you flip it to red whenever you don't want anymore Mm -hmm. and I kind of compare it to that um you during a class they can flip it to like a yes or no they can flip it to they do want touch they do want help um but it is very, um, I don't know the word, but it, it's very cautious to begin with. Like, you're not going to touch someone's butt. You know, you're yeah. not going to, like, grab them from behind, or you're not going to grab anywhere that's going to make anyone uncomfortable, yeah. no matter what. Yeah. Even if they opt in, yeah. you know. But if they do opt in and say yes, they can also flip it back to no at any time. Yeah. Maybe they, they, they're they all touched out, and they're like, okay, that was good, and they can flip it back yeah. to no. So I think if I ever did incorporate that in, and I get to the, my own healing process, mm-hmm. where I am ready to, to touch other people then I'll I will definitely do that because yeah. I think opting in versus opting out it's just so much more it um, flips it completely flips yeah. the way you think about it I think like I didn't yeah. I didn't even think about like for me I just would kind of assume that but I think that's just because of the way my brain works but actually you saying it out loud it's kind of like I ha- always have to opt out I always have to be like yeah I don't want why you know, would why would the people that are the, the, the ones that need the most, um, you know, mental care and self care, why should they be the ones that have to say no, you know, mm-hmm. they should be the ones that could say 
you should make people that feel comfortable say yes versus yeah. people that feel uncomfortable say no. Yeah, exactly. If that makes sense, you know, it just makes them more uncomfortable. And honestly, if someone has trauma, they might not be to where uh, my trauma and my healing is years, years, years in the making. And I'm still in the journey, mm-hmm. but someone might be at the beginning of their journey. Maybe they don't want to say anything, you know, and, and, and then they still get, touch and then they feel uncomfortable and they never come to a yoga class again or they're traumatized you know like I would never ever ever want that to be someone in my class like I want everyone to feel comfortable accepted and know that no matter how they are even if they wanted to come into my yoga class and sit in child's pose and just listen to me talk for an hour, mm-hmm. I want them to feel like they are accepted mm-hmm. and um, enough exactly yeah. as they are on their mat any day. Yeah, I definitely you know? think, um, again, like just interested in talking about it because I think that a lot of people don't even realize the uh, even if your touch is completely innocent, like I said, my example with the um, guy putting his hand all the guys putting their hands on every girl's hip, you know, to kind of move them out the way, whatever. That is obviously innocent. And I'm not sitting there being like, get off me, you know, but it is. And it's not like, it's not like that guy's specifically a jerk or anything. So we're not saying that. No, but it is, it it just is. I think more people need to realize that the, yeah, the, it like, although it's completely innocent, maybe I know it's completely innocent, you know it's completely innocent, it still gives me that feeling inside where I'm just like, I don't want you to touch me. Like, do you know what I mean? And right. it's that feel, you feel unsafe. It's, yeah. it's your fight or flight instinct yeah. to feel like, uh, I don't like that. So I feel the same way. I actually yeah. have a story that um, uh, we were out at a bar with some friends. This was years ago. Six six years ago, I was with some friends at a bar and we were in Austin and we were having a really good time and we met some people and we, we saw some friends that we knew that were from California and they'd come in and we all met and we were having a great time and we met some new people at the bar and we were playing, you know, playing darts and having a good time. And at one point, one of the guys got really excited because we won and he picked me up and ha- like to hug me and picked me up and kind of spun me around and everybody thought it was really cool Woo-hoo-hoo! so I was just acting like Woo-hoo! and then I walked away after that and just had a total meltdown yeah. and I was just like you know it, it you don't know that I have trauma so yeah. it's not your fault and we were having a great time and he was a cool guy it is perfectly innocent no hard that thing no was- hard feelings yeah. it was just like we won darts you yeah. know Woo-hoo! it was innocent but I didn't want, like, I, I had a total meltdown, and I, I went outside, and I cried, and I was just, you know, so it, it's just something where you don't know who you're triggering, you know, by touching them, uh, it, it's, it's more than, it's not even like it was unwanted touch, it was more that it was out of nowhere, and I didn't expect it, and I didn't often, yeah. <laughs> and like, I didn't grab you and hug you, you know, mm-hmm. you grabbed me, and I was, I, I didn't want that, you yeah. know, so it's definitely, it's, it's definitely like, it, it, I think that everyone should just be mindful you know and and yeah I I don't like that people are like oh we have to be so PC now well whatever just respect people that's all we're asking for like literally it's like makes no sense and like yeah and like we said like you know it can and it probably is completely innocent do I mean I've had it before like you know some of my closest friends have kind of hit like playfully smacked me on the bum or like done whatever and I've just been like I need oh, yeah, to girl, take five minutes. That, yeah, like, I need to just kind yeah. of, you know, um, but because because it is that weird thing in your mind. Ma- like for me, like 
don't know if it's the same for you, don't know if it's the same for anybody else, but in my mind, when something like that happens and I'm, you know, really close friends with that person, there's two things that happen in my mind. It's like my brain just split and there's one side of me that goes, danger, danger, this person's gonna really severely hurt you or do something bad to you. And then the other side's like, they're just your friend. They literally were just playing. It's fine. Yeah. You know, and, That's and my brain all the time. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, I say that. My brain is literally like, oh my God, can I tell like, I don't know if you saw my Instagram stories, but there was this scratching on my wall earlier, right? It turned out it was just the next door neighbor, so it's fine. But um, there was like some scratching on my wall downstairs, like by my fireplace. And then um, I was on my own downstairs and I was just like, oh my god i'm gonna die oh my god there's someone <laughs> like i'm like there's someone like crawling yeah. in from uh, like in my chimney and they're gonna yeah. come out the fireplace like my yeah. fireplace is boarded up like they ain't gonna like do you know what i mean like my brain was just so irrational and then yeah, i was just like and that's anxiety yeah too. yeah but, and, and so many so many things i do our depression our anxiety my dvd or different things mm -hmm. and i think that's one of the hardest things also going along with everything that I've said, I'm in such a good place right now. I don't know where I'll be tomorrow though, yeah. but I'm, I'm in such a good place. And I feel like I have the tools now because of yoga and whatever other people do is cool. Mm -hmm. Um, but I have the tools now to fight the things that come. I mean, I still, I've said this and I try to share it openly. I share my bad days still. Mm -hmm. I'm like, because I get so many comments and so many messages all the time, like, oh, you seem great, you seem good, like, and people think that I'm fixed. Like, I was never broken, so no, I'm not fixed. I, I went through my healing journey, um, and I still have all of the things, and my brain is still yeah crazy but like yeah. I'm the only one that can say that my brain is still you know what it is Fuzzy and I still have too. days where I want to sleep for 20 hours yeah. I still have and I sleep a lot my body I've come to realize <laughs> that my body needs a lot of sleep and um I just want people to know if you're out there and you sleep for like 10 12 hours a day you're not lazy Me. I do and that it, yeah <laughs> yeah if, if you if that's what your body needs it's what your body needs yeah. and and do any rest yeah and I think that this this uh society is really big and it, it, if you're like a you know anybody listening if they're like the whole like grind and like um you know working really hard like that's what that's some people's jam like you do you but like yeah. to me I burn out really easily yeah, and I have to rest and I think most of society uh, you know, we need to normalize rest. Like you need to just give your body what it needs. And if you're feeling a certain kind of way, you start to get stressed, you start to get depressed, you start to get a certain way, rest. Yeah. You know, I, do yeah. what your body needs. It literally took me such a long time, years and years and years to accept the fact that I couldn't function properly. Like, you know, not in like, a, like I mean, genuinely because of sleep. Like I sleep, ridiculous amounts and I felt guilty about that like you said I felt guilty I felt lazy oh yeah the guilt um, the I guilt felt, is awful yeah and then like you know some days I'll wake up really late or I'll get up really early and then I'll have to take it I have to take a nap every day I can't go uh -huh. a whole day without you know having a nap and then I'll, I used to feel guilty about that because I, you know, it'd be like 3 p.m. and the sun's just going down and I'm like, fuck, like, I'm, I've just slept away like that. And then it wasn't until, it's actually until, you know, I was with Ed and Ed was just kind of like, you know, just rest. You obviously need to rest. Don't worry about it. Just sit there. It's fine. Yeah. It's like, got a TV if, program. If that's what your body feels like it needs, then it does. And I think that we need to realize that 
Um, okay. Also, the nine to five or whatever, like not everybody has the same circadian rhythm. Um, I always wish for the longest time that society had several different work days, like times. Yeah. Like we got a nine to five and we got a like 12 to nine or something. Yeah. You know, like I think that we should have different times for different circadian rhythms because we don't all function the same. Yeah. Um, and I, I think- felt the same way. I thought I was non functioning, but that's yeah. not true. Yeah. So don't say that. But like, um, yeah. <laughs> we just, you know, some people need more sleep and some people can. Uh, in, in yoga, it's funny, in my yoga teacher training, I learned that everyone has a different, you know, which I'd already know everybody has a different circadian rhythm, but one thing that uh, around the world they've noticed is that um, multiphasic sleeping is actually healthier and more natural for our bodies yeah, like to it, sleep for sorry, however yeah, like long minutes. nap. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, I think I've read that. So, like in the night time, you have like what four or five hours, and then you have twenty right. minutes naps throughout the thing. I've I've read stuff about that because there was a yeah there was a guy um, that I used to watch on YouTube when I was younger. I won't say his name because bad things have been said about him. So no, okay. no, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> So we don't endorse him. this person, but we we are just talking about what they said. Yeah, um, yes. Um, so they said they did it like a. This was like years ago. This was like when YouTube was like baby YouTube. So it was like 2010, 2009 maybe. And they did this like experiment where they did like for a week they slept in 20 minutes naps. Like they didn't have a proper night's sleep, and they said like how refreshed they were or whatever. Um, which always kind of fascinated me because I felt like I was kind of the same. Like I, and I still kind of feel like that now. It's like, I mean, to an extent, like I can sleep for like 14 hours, 15 hours, 16 hours, easy, anywhere. Oh, like yeah. I can be on like a cold stone so floor. I, saying, and like, I go through days, especially if it's, um, you know, my depression is creeping up. I'll go through days I won't get out of bed for a day or two, you know, like I, I won't be sleeping the whole time, but I won't get out of bed. I'll get up a little, I'll, I'll wake up. I'll make sure that I, I try to eat. The biggest thing is eating. I, I probably, I don't always, you know, won't always shower. Everybody knows that. And, um, go to the bathroom and then I'll go back to bed. So, I mean, I, yeah, I can for sure sleep for, for a super long time, but the, they, not everybody has the same phases either. So my napping is if I nap, it's always two hours. And so I can't do cat napping, but, um, it's always a two hour nap and then I feel perfect and I can be awake for another five hours, you know? So if I'm starting to feel the thing is I get cranky as hell. Like if I am tired and anybody that knows me that's watching this is probably laughing, but like, um, I get so, so, so cranky if I'm tired. And I think that that's something me sleeping is something that people have started to accept about me. They're like, Oh, you know, I still, as long as I still, you know, I'm getting things done. And even if you can't though, if you're in your like depression phase and you can't get things done, that's fine. But, um, on a day-to-day basis that when you're in your regular cycle, if you need to nap or whatever, or you need to sleep for 12 hours, I just want people to normalize that that's okay. Yeah. And that you're not lazy. Yeah. And I definitely think as well, it's like, I had this, I've been working since a really young age. And by the time I was like, just turned 19 I was a manager of a bar and like I was expected to know everything and like I mean I didn't start drinking so the drinking age in England is 18 um (laughs) I didn't I didn't ever really have this um crazy go out when I'm 15 years old and get drunk and stuff I don't know if that sounds really young to you guys (laughs) because obviously it's 21 but like you know here it's kind of like that's what people did they go to parties and they get drunk and they do whatever 
Anyway, you know, I never had that. So I never, I got drunk like once, I think, um, before I was 18. And then I worked, started working at a bar and I didn't drink. And then I started drinking. Um, and then I was kind of just, you know, so my point is I was very um, inexperienced. And, um, you know, I, I constantly working, being a manager of, you know, Starbucks, I was a manager of, um, bars, pubs, whatever. And then, um, I, and then I just kind of thought that that was it. Like, you know, it, it, I function in that way because of like shift patterns and stuff. And then when I'd started to realize um, that I wasn't coping, that it wasn't good, I felt like I'd kind of failed because I was in this like, you have to work. You got to get out and get the no. money, bitch. Like, do you know what I mean? You got to do it. And I, to I totally you know. know what you mean as in your body actual, I, I feel like our bodies kind of will trick us for a second. Yeah. And will make us think that we are able and capable of it. Because I do the same thing. Every time I have a new job, I'm like, I just want to work all the time. I don't care about mm -hmm. sleep. I can do this. And then after, sometimes it's two or four months. It depends on the job. Sometimes it's two years later. But mm -hmm. at some point, I will crash. Yeah. And then I will just be like, I am incapable of this, you know? So uh, our bodies have this way of, like, making us think we can do that. Yeah. And then we're like, That's oh, really funny no. that you it, it takes... Oh, Sorry, I was say that. it's just funny that you mentioned that because just literally thinking now, every job that I've had, I've stayed there for like two, two fiddlers. So I managed, I was an assistant manager of an Irish pub. I was there for three years. Every job before that I had, I was there for two years. And then I just crashed and I, I wasn't performing properly. I mean, I tried my fucking hardest. I was there every day. Oh, I was yeah. trying and stuff. But, you know, I, I, my, my, one of my first bosses like took me out for a cup of tea and was just like you're really pessimistic and I'm like no bitch I'm just depressed like yeah. fuck you I'm working until like you know early hours of the morning like and I'm, I'm coming in at 10 a.m like right I'm and I, I wish people would realize though that's not that's not I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to say normal, but that's not how it should be. No, you know, like no. if once you get to that point, it's okay to move on. You know what I mean? Like, um, that's not how it should be. You shouldn't be forcing yourself to come to work every day. You shouldn't be forcing yeah. yourself to do a job that you don't want to do. Yeah. And I think that's what was so hard for me is that people would just tell me like, that's what people do. Like everybody else is making it work, Tiffany, you can make it work. And I'm like, why can't it be PD though? Like I, for the longest time, I'm like, how the fuck are people out here with BPD that have jobs? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm, like yeah. I'm like, how are y'all making this work? Like, I can't do it. But I think what it really, really, really took for me is that I had to find something that I was, um, that I felt like was my purpose. Mm -hmm. I think for me, I, it comes to a lot more than BPD. It comes to my, my personality is that I have, you know, I could spit out a million like personality things that I, you know, when you take quizzes and you're like this and this and this, I could tell you all the things that I am, but really at the end of the day, I care about people and, um, what, what makes me tick and what, what I love about life and why I'm alive. Like, you know, so many people be my dad, my daughter, my, you know, and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, people, mm -hmm. but, uh, at the end of the day, I think that I had to find something that, that I loved and that I could also help people. Mm -hmm. But um, I, that's what's so hard, though, because for the longest time, we think that society tells us that we're supposed to figure this shit out when we're 20 or 18. 
and uh, it took me to 35 to find it, you know, like it, it, it took me a long time, but once you find it, trust me, once you find it, you'll know, and and you will, like, you know what I mean, like, it's like, it's like clouds parted, and it was like that hallelujah moment, where I was like, hallelujah, like, I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do, and it just changed everything, they say, I learned in my yoga teacher training also, they say, God, I can't remember it, so I'm not going to do it justice, but basically, like, uh, to be happy, like, it's not just, happiness has a lot to do with it, it's like, you have to have that, the purpose, and, you know, um, the, gosh, I learned some really cool things though. Um, there's like, have you ever heard about the blue zones? No. So basically it's where they have the most centurion, centurions, the most people that are over a hundred years old. Okay. And, uh, the secret to it is, is not the same. They, they've done a bunch of extensive research on what it is that they do. That's the same it's different every place, you know, like a place in Italy is one of them. And, um, you know, they probably, those, they're drinking wine, you know? So mm-hmm. I can keep drinking wine. Yeah. I was and about like, to say, um, it's alcohol. Yeah, yeah. I hope people and in the, uh, West uh, England, Somerset are. Right. <laughs> and they're all about, they're all about, yeah, well, oh, okay. If we're talking, mine's like $2 Trader Joe's. By the way, I got a whole box of 12 for $35 Trader Joe's. Nice. So like, <laughs> American listeners, we don't have Trader Joe's. No idea what that is, but it's kind of like our little, I suppose. Part two of this podcast will be coming out next week. Uh, we ended up talking for way over two hours, so um, can't possibly fit everything in. Um, so yeah, tune in next Monday uh, for part two.